SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Network. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. We are going to fly through this. Got a lot to get to this final hour. Triple eight. Excuse me. Eight four four eight four three six eight. Freudian slip there. Eight four four eight four three six eight seven nine. Maybe some phone calls in the last segment. We will see. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Definitely email me. Go to the website oppositepicks.com. Uh, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. We got to get to the NBA. There was a monster, monster upset in the NBA last night. Wow. Uh, good news for Bruin fans in the NHL and uh, the uh, Red Sox lose, but so do the Stankies. So it's an even split in May. Major League Baseball. We'll get to it all, starting with the NFL draft yesterday. Uh, no major, major surprises. We broke it down hour number one as uh, Trevor Lawrence obviously did go one. Uh, Justin Bieber did go number two to the New York Jets. Uh, three is where the fund uh, supposedly began. Trey Lance goes to the San Francisco 49ers by virtue of that trade with the Dolphins a couple of months ago. So it is not, uh, you know, Mac Jones. It is not Justin Fields who both dropped. Uh, instead, it is Trey Lance, the guy that I think is going to be the best out of the bunch when everything is said and done. Falcons, no surprise as Pitts. It was well known. It's amazing how when you looked at some of these odds on FanDuel just a couple of days ago, you know, a lot of these things were like pick them. And then yesterday, boy, the the odds just shot. Just, just, I don't know if they got whacked. Uh, you know, the boys in Vegas and FanDuel, or they made money. But, you know, Pitts was an overwhelming favorite to go for. Lance was an overwhelming favorite to go. Not necessarily three, but ahead of Justin Fields, which was a switch. So it was a very logical draft, right? We knew Lawrence was going one. We knew Bieber was going two to the New York Jets. Uh, we knew the Niners were taking a quarterback, but that was a bit of a surprise. Uh, we all penciled in Pitts uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. The Bengals and, and uh, Jamar Chase, you know, logical. You got the Bengal quarterback, uh, meaning the LSU Tiger Bengal quarterback, uh, teaming him up with his former LSU teammate. Made sense. Miami Dolphins, you know, you got the Alabama quarterback, two tags, teaming him up with his former teammate, uh, Jalen Waddle with Alabama. Makes sense. You got the Lions who want to bust kneecaps. You know, I figured that they would have uh, an offensive lineman. They did. They took the highest one on the board, Sewell. Uh, Carolina. Now, I thought Carolina would, would take uh, fields here, but they took South Carolina corner J.C. Horn. So South Carolina, Carolina makes sense. Uh, Denver Broncos, I told you yesterday, would take a corner. They, they take the best one left on the board. Um, and then uh, the Philadelphia Eagles move up, and it was pretty obvious what they were going to do with Devontae Smith. So it all kind of... You know, when you just look back and you just use logical picks and all the symmetry there, you know, the Dolphins hooking up the two Alabama guys, the Bungles hitting, hitting up the uh, two LSU guys, you know, the Falcons grabbing a tight end, you know, trying to relive the glory days with Tony Gonzalez. So uh, it, it kind of all made sense when everything was said uh, and done. So, but that said, my mock draft, uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, hit a bullseye with Lawrence, hit a bullseye with uh, Justin Bieber. Uh, hit a position hit with Sam Fran, hit a bullseye with Kyle Pitts, hit a bullseye with Jamar Chase, 
hit a position hit with the Dolphins. I had them taking Devontae Smith. That was more hope than anything else because I think he would be a little bit better. Uh, but they take Waddle instead. Hit a bullseye with uh, Sewell with Detroit. Uh, missed out on Carolina. Hit a bullseye with Patrick Sertain with the Broncos. Uh, missed out on the Eagles pick. I didn't anticipate them moving up to 10. But then when the Cowgirls drafted at 12, hit a bullseye with uh, Micah Parsons. Um, same thing with the Eagles and Bears. Didn't anticipate a trade there, so who was going to get that right? Did miss on the Chargers, uh, J.C. Horn. Uh, I thought they would take a defensive back, but uh, he was gone. So instead, they took uh, an offensive lineman out of Northwestern, Rashad Slater. Uh, Jets and Vikings make a trade, so no one's going to you know connect on that. Uh, and then the Patriots, I had them uh, getting a quarterback. I thought uh, you know Lance or Fields would drop to them, but in, in the end, it turned out to be uh, um, you know Mac Jones. So I got a position hit on that one. So I hit six bullseyes, top fifteen picks. I only did. I had six bullseyes, three other position hits, five misses. You know, so and then one hit later in a draft with Dallas, uh, hitting the right person. So not bad. Scott Wetzel sitting and taking you right up until seven a.m. Eastern time. I'll take you know for for not being a draft nick and not breaking down game films and not having all these so-called insider information stuff. Right? Uh, pretty happy with the way things turned out with from that standpoint. Now we get to the the fancy stuff. Now we get to making some money. Get a load of these winners I gave you yesterday. Devontae Smith, I said under 11 and a half, plus 124 on FanDuel. Cha-ching, cha-ching, winner. Uh, Najee Harris, under 24 and a half. Uh, cha-ching, cha-ching, winner, taken 24th by the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, just in the nick of time. Uh, we did lose on our over 18 and a half offensive players. They had just 18, 18 to 12. Uh, although I got to recount, 18 to 14. I got to recount that, but I think that was a loser. Running backs over a half. I told you this was the lock of the draft. I told you I don't think lay in minus 460, but there's no way there would be at least one. In the end, there were actually two, so that was a winner, our lock of the draft pick. Uh, wide receivers over four and a half, winner. Offensive linemen under six and a half. Well, they only had five, winner. Here's where the fun begins. Denver, first player taken. I had him taken as a corner. Five to one odds, winner. Dallas, first player taken. I told you it would be a linebacker. Winner. 10 to 1 odds. Oh, we kicked ass. FanDuel is begging me. Don't do draft picks anymore, Scott. You're making us go belly up. Joe Lisi joins us next. More NFL talk. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on SportsGrid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, opposite picks on this Friday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in as we always do, taking you right up until 10 a, or 10, uh, to 7 a.m. Eastern time. Sundays, it's 8 to 10. Uh, talking a little NFL draft. We got our opposite picks coming up here in about a half hour, and we'll uh, take a quick look at uh, some of the news uh, from around the uh, NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball yesterday. Is a huge, huge upset in the NBA, which is uh, a head-scratcher for sure. But uh, let us break down the NFL draft as we continue along here with our good buddy. He uh, teams up with me every uh, Sunday afternoon. 
afternoon from 2 to 4. Uh, we're here from time to time on the morning show as well. Uh, Sports Grid Radio slash TV host Joe Lisi to the program. What's up, Joe? How are you this morning, bud? You know, doing well, Scotty. First round over for the NFL draft. We have rounds 2 and 3 and 4 and the rest all over the weekend. So really excited to see where these college players go later tonight through through Saturday. All right, give me your overall impressions. Any thoughts that stood out for you from uh, last night's first round? No, I thought some teams really did well. Like our Miami Dolphins, I thought, had a very solid draft in terms of what they did with the number six overall pick. And then what they did, you know, I, I don't love Phillips, but it fills a need. So hopefully Brian Flores and, and Chris Greer can get it right in second and third rounds moving forward. But I, I thought Miami all in all did pretty well last night. How about San Fran going with Lance at three versus Jones? And then I don't know if you believe what they're telling us now is that, you know, Lance was the guy the whole time. I don't believe that myself. Uh, you know, no shame in not knowing who you wanted to take, but uh, how about Lance going three versus Mac Jones or even Justin Fields? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of a reach. Listen, you know, we talked about Dwayne Haskins in terms of the one-year wonder in Columbus, and I know the young, you know, the – the pedigree, uh, per se, of Ohio State quarterbacks. But that being said, you know, where Trey Lance is and where Justin Fields is at this point in his, in his career, I think he's raw. You know, 66% completion percentage at FCS level, one year of competition, the one game he played in the COVID type of season, he struggled. Hey, I think he's going to be a raw prospect, Scott, for, for that team. They need a plug-and-play type of player. And unfortunately, in my opinion, I think Trey Lance, is more of a two- or three-year project. How about that? not only, uh, Joe, the Denver Broncos, but the Carolina Panthers, and to a lesser extent, the Detroit Lions, all passing on quarterbacks that, you know, heading into this draft, you know, we, we there was some talk about, you know, quarterbacks going one, two, three, four, and then if the Bungles wanted to trade out of five, maybe even five, you know, and in the end, you know, Detroit, I, I know they supposedly like Jared Goff, but they could have had the, the choice of Justin Fields or Mac Jones. Carolina could have had either one of the two, and Denver, you know, could have had one of the two, and all three passed on both those guys. Is that because Denver and Carolina are so happy with what they have, or maybe, uh, you know, those quarterbacks aren't as good as uh, we think they are. Well, it could be. But I, I think when you look at Teddy Bridgewater and you look at Sam Darnold, they're play-now play type of players. And whether you love them or you hate them, they could still come in and win ball games for your, for both Carolina and Denver, respectively. I, I actually love Teddy Bridgewater. I know that, you know, people turned to Carolina last year and said, you know, he didn't lead that team to the playoffs. It was a first-year head coach with a new scheme with Joe Brady. You know, Matt Rule predicates more of a physicality, more of a rushing attack, to work off a of play action. That's what they really want to do there. And unfortunately, you know, just didn't fit Teddy Bridgewater's type of scheme. He goes to Denver, and he has weapons. You know, K.J. Hamler, Jerry Judy, he's got no offense. He's going to challenge uh, Drew Locke for the starting job. So out of both quarterbacks, him and Sam Donald, I think Teddy Bridgewater has the potential to lead Denver to a, a playoff type of scenario this year. So they're both win-now type of situations, and that's why, in my opinion, they didn't draft the quarterback last night. Interesting. How about Philadelphia? And, and really more so, Joe, from the Giants standpoint, Joe Lisi, Sports Grid Radio uh, TV and then radio host uh, joining us here for a couple minutes. Um, you know, the, the Giants, I guess, wanted Devontae Smith. Uh, they're sitting there at 11. Dallas has 10. 
They trade with Philadelphia, and people are going a little gaga about them trading with a division team. But as, as I was pointing out earlier, they, they knew what Philadelphia wanted, and they knew what the Giants wanted. So it was going to be Devontae Smith, so they might as well grab a third-round pick in the process. It's not like they, you know, out of the blue traded with Philadelphia. But my question for you, Joe, is how does that happen? You know, if you're the Giants, maybe you're hoping Smith is there at the beginning of the night, but you don't really realize it until, you know, maybe a half hour, 45 minutes before they're actually picking that this guy could be sitting there. How does it leak out of the Giants' war room that they want this guy and Philadelphia leapfrogs them? <laughs> I have no idea, right? How is it that that Philly and Dallas traded, too? I don't care. You know, I, I, I understand they didn't take the player they wanted, but I'm not giving a divisional opponent the opportunity to get the player that they want. I mean, that, no, but the know, Giants would have taken him, though. The Giants would have taken him anyway. That's a division opponent. So they, I'm sure Dallas said, well, one of these two division opponents is going to get Devontae Smith, so we might as well grab a third round pick from it. So I, yeah. I don't, I'm not surprised at that. Yeah, no, I, I know. I know what you're saying, though. But, you know, Devontae Smith to me, no matter, you know, what team he went to, would have been an automatic, you know, uh, plug and play type of player. Forget the size. You know, I, he's going to come in. He's going to get his. He's the Marvin Harrison type of player, and I think he'll benefit the offense for Philly. I think Philly should have went with Micah Parsons over Dallas, to be honest with you. You know, just when you look at who they need and when you look at that front seven, you know, just from a front seven perspective, they allowed 125 rushing yards per game. They weren't physical at the point of attack with Fletcher Cox in the front seven. He can talk all he wants. That defense wore down. This wide receiver class is very deep, and they went with a smaller wide receiver last year in Jalen Rager, and it yeah. didn't really pan out. So we'll see. I mean, you know, that that was the one head-scratcher for me because I think if I'm the Philadelphia Eagles and the fans can clamor all they want, you need to go defense to help out that defense. You can't give up the points that you did last year. Yeah, that defense was atrocious. How about uh, the Patriots having Mac Jones? Now, I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. I I, I think he's going to be awful, as a matter of fact. Not even just mute. I, I just think he'll be out of the league in two, three years, um, you know, unless he wants to be a backup somewhere. But, you know, the Patriots having him land in their lap at 15. Perfect. Perfect fit, right? Out of all the teams, the Patriots stand pat, and they get the, probably the one quarterback that can come into their system and fits what they like to do. They tried it with Jared Stidham a few years ago. Stidham was a, a quarterback that came from a five-wide scheme in Baylor, transferred to Auburn, and then he went with the Patriots, and he basically did not live up to expectations. Mac Jones will be good in that scheme, Scotty. The only problem with New England right now, they need perimeter help. They need speed on the outside. I know they got a free agent pickup, but to me, they got those tight ends. But to me, they still need a burner. You know, Jacoby Myers, Nikhil Harry, good wide receivers, not elite, haven't lived up to expectations from the speed perspective. You put a couple of burners on the outside with them, I think he could put up some numbers and, and be the guy moving forward for the next three to, to possible five years. And we'll see if he's that type of talent in terms of the next Tom Brady or he's going to be a bust like you think. Yeah. It's interesting that they were willing to sit there. How about the Bears moving up to get Fields at eleven with the Giants? No, we love, we kind of love, about the Giants, but yeah, I love love the move. I, I, I love yeah. the move because I think Justin Fields, and I know I know what you're going to tell me about the Ohio State quarterbacks, but he is a difference maker. You know, he's athletic. You can use him on the perimeter. He, I still think 
he's going to be a good, great quarterback uh, for the Chicago Bears. And I'll tell you this. Everybody, though, knocks this kid about the throwing motion. What about the other quarterbacks that just barely couldn't do anything in college that were just marginal quarterbacks that wound up to become starters? And Nate Peterman was a starter in, in the NFL. I mean, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Jalen Hurts had problems in terms of his throwing motion at Alabama. That's why he went to Oklahoma. He, he got coached up by Lincoln Riley, and now he's the starter in Philly. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You, you got a minute? I want to get your thoughts on uh, on the Aaron Rodgers situation with the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Can you hold on to the yep. break? Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. All right. Uh, Friday uh, Friday morning here, 31 uh, and change, or 21 and change past the hour. We'll get the, Joe's thoughts on Aaron Rodgers and where that's going to wind up and what's going to happen with Jimmy G. Will he really be a 49er this year after what happened yesterday? That's all coming up opposite picks. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Picks on this Friday morning, 25 past the hour. Scott Wetzel sitting in, as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. we got opposite picks coming up here in about 15 minutes. Uh, yapping some NFL football with the draft. One round in the books with our good buddy Joe Lisi uh, as we uh, check out what's happening also around the football world outside of the draft. So uh, let's hop right to it, Joe. You know, I, I put up a poll question tonight uh, slash this morning. What's the best chance of happening? Aaron Rodgers playing again for Green Bay. Jimmy G playing again for San Fran. Andy Dalton starting for Chicago, uh, or, or Cam Newton starting for the Patriots. And I suppose they could have thrown up there to Sean Watson with the Houston Texans. But uh, we'll start with Aaron Rodgers. You know, a word leaking, uh, you know, hours literally before the draft that he wants out of Green Bay. There was a story that said uh, the Packers supposedly promised that they would trade him this offseason, which obviously they didn't. It's all come to a head. But that is turning into an ugly, ugly situation in Green Bay. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, and I told you, you know, we did the show last night and the story broke that, you know, Aaron Rodgers last year supposedly asked the opposing defense to get him out of Green Bay. And if that's the case and it was backed up on the show last night, you know, that's something that, you know, if I'm the GM, I'm getting him out of there. You know, I don't care how great he is. He's the MVP. If he wants out and, you know, you have younger players in the locker room, you cannot have a divided type of locker room with the leader of your team. Just can't happen. So, you know, obviously if he's just going to go through the motions in 2021, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, you're going to give me value for that? I'd move on from Aaron Rodgers. As great as he is, you know, he's at the end of his career, and if I can get value now, you rebuild them with Jordan Love. Yeah, especially, you you know, they took Love last year, so they obviously must love him. Uh, you know, they created this mess. There was a story out there that San Fran was willing to offer up the third overall pick, you know, plus a bunch of players and plus, you know, some other draft choices. I mean, if they could have gotten all that for a guy who's 38, once out, you want him out anyway. I mean, boy, that could have been a heck of a trade. But now, Joe, I mean, everyone's kind of moved on. I mean, they either made trades to get quarterbacks, which explains why some of the teams passed on these QBs, or they drafted quarterbacks yesterday. I don't know if there's a a 
team out there that really is crying, crying out for a quarterback that, you know, Green Bay would be willing to trade with and and, and vice versa. Maybe Washington. I mean, you know, they really sold on Ryan Fitzpatrick. But, you know, all these lousy teams, they all kind of fulfilled their quarterback needs yesterday. Yeah, great point, Scott. I, I We'll see how this plays out because, you know, is it going to be where – you know, we're going to go through a quarter of the season in in, in 2021. A team's going to be 0-4. Their quarterback's going to get knocked out, and then these rumblings are going to start again. Is that what you want, though? You, if you have younger players in the organization, you know, they have to buy into the team mentality. And unfortunately, with Aaron Rodgers, if that's what he's trying to you know preach out there to get him out of there that he's better than this, that's really not good in the long run for the Green Bay Packers. So, uh, what team really needs a quarterback? Well, you mentioned one, Washington. I agree that I think they are in the market at some point for a quarterback. We'll see. You know what? What Chicago does? Do they try to get another quarterback in there to push fields uh, in the second, third, or fourth rounds? That wouldn't be ideal. Get two young quarterbacks in there in terms of their scheme and system. We'll see. You know, it's not going to be many, but. You know, you got to live and die with the decisions that you made if you're some of these GMs. So we'll see what pans out this coming season. Guy I feel bad for, Joe, is uh, Jimmy G out in San Fran. But you talk about dead man walking. I mean, he he's known this now for a little while since it's that trade. But, um, you know, he seemingly will be there because, again, it just says there's no market for, uh, for Rodgers. There's probably not a market for Jimmy G at this point. So, you know, how about being in San Fran, knowing that I, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm dead man walking until Trey Lance is ready to go. Yeah, but you know what? The one thing with Jimmy G is he has an opportunity. They are a win now type of team, Scott. So if he comes yeah. in, he has a good type of camp, and he and he steps up and performs like he did a few years ago with leading this team to the to the Super Bowl. You know, he could really squash those rumors for a couple of years. You know, it really comes down to. He has weapons around them. Brandon Ayuk, he has Debo Samuel coming back for that offense. George Kittle is there. You can't say that the cupboard's dry. And the way that the offensive line plays with a physicality, if they can run the football, that defense can carry them to a playoff appearance. And then, you know, anything can happen. So I'm not sold on Trey Lance. You know, I thought he was the one quarterback that we'd be talking about late 20s, you know, possibly early 30s. I'm not buying into the one-hit wonder at the FCS level. I know the intangibles, 6'4", 230, but he's still a raw quarterback in the COVID environment. He's not going to have that opportunity in terms of camps, especially in in California, to really, you know, excel and and get the playbook learned. And, And that'll give Jimmy G, an opportunity to just solidify his starting role this year. So keep an eye out for that. You know, as good as people think Trey Lance is, he's still, from a reads and progression standpoint, about two years away from the starting quarterback. Any uh, picks yesterday surprise you? Like really kind of out of the blue? I got to think of some that that stood out that, you know, I was just like, you know, a little bit of head-scratcher. I will say this about Las Vegas, the one pick, Leatherwood, right. I, I like Leatherwood. I happen to like him. I, you know, he's a mammoth type of left tackle, long arm span. If you saw the kid yesterday, he can gain another 20 pounds, and especially in run blocking. You know, Najee Harris dominated at the point of attack this year, and a main reason why was because of the play of Alex Leatherwood. So keep an eye out for him. People are bashing him. I actually think it's a pretty solid pick for Las Vegas. That was the one pick. 
I actually liked in terms of that. Not sold on the kid Slater, you know, from Northwestern. That's that's a pick that, you know, again, I think he's good. I don't think he's an elite tackle, but we'll see how it plays out. Have a good pro day. That's another pick that I'm not sold on, you know, from last night. Looks like he's got a lot of baby fat on him. You know, I know offensive yeah. linemen, you, you just put as many hot dogs in his face as possible. I, I You know, I get that. But he does look like he's got a lot of, a lot of baby fat on him. Who should we look for uh, later on tonight, you know, that uh, that might stand out in rounds two or three? Yeah, well, keep an eye out for wide receiver Terrence Marshall. You know, he's a difference maker. I heard that the Saints were interested. But, you know, coming through Baton Rouge, they said he had the potential to be the greatest wide receiver. People talk about Chase, but Terrence Marshall was there a couple years ago with Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase had a solid season last year. Keep an eye out for him. Elijah Moore is there. Rondell Moore is there. We know the quarterbacks, Trask and Mond. I love Trask over Mond. I mean, Kellen Mond, Josh Dobbs 2.0. He's not going to be a starting quarterback, Mr. Robotic. So keep an eye out, and I'm curious to see where he falls in terms of this draft. Joe, good job, man. I appreciate it. You want to follow Joe on Twitter? It is at go for the 2 the numeral 2, go, G-O, 4, F-O-R, the Obviously, two. Go for the two. Joe, uh, always a pleasure. I appreciate you getting up. I know it was a late day, and you're going to be back at it again later on tonight, right, on uh, Sports Grid TV from uh, 7 to, what, midnight, 7 to 10, 7 to 11? I got the 9 to 12 shift, Scotty. Nice. So, uh, okay. I'm working, working the midnight oil, looking forward to it, and then obviously our show on, on Sunday. I said it before, most underrated show on the network. I mean, just laughs and information. We give you winners, too. It's, it's amazing across many, many sports. We have, we got we got uh, bowling, we got golf, we got uh, you know uh, FSC football with the sem- or right quarterfinals are coming up this weekend. I think it is with my Southern Illinois Saluki still alive. So yeah, we we do it all. On I Sunday, know. And then so. I'm doing I'm doing in game live on Saturday. I didn't realize the Kentucky Derby came just yeah. up on us. Then, right. I mean, who are the bird brains that – I mean, listen, I know it's the first Saturday in May every year. I, I get that. But, listen, with the COVID, right, couldn't they – you know, once they found the NFL draft was going to be this weekend, couldn't they have just said, right, let's let's move it next weekend. We'll make it the second – or maybe make it the first Sunday this year. They'd do something different. I mean, I usually like the Derby, and it, it, it just got completely overshadowed, right, by the draft. Yeah, going to have to run to the window. The good thing is you can still go on TBG on your phone, so we'll see how it plays out through Fandle. All right, Joe, good job, man. Uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. You got it, Scotty. Hi, right, Joe. Yeah, there you go. Joe Lisi, uh, at Go For The Two. Good guy. Him and I work together on uh, on Sundays here on uh, Sports Grid on TV from 2 to 4, doing the in-game live stuff. So, yeah, I was going to bring that up, and I think we touched on a little bit yesterday. Um, I get it. It's the first Saturday in May. I understand all that. But, you know, last year, when was it, in October? You know, wherever it was. I mean, so things, you know, you could change things up. Once they found the NFL draft, um, and I like the Derby. I, I know normally every single year I would do my uh, my trend picks, and we gave you a trend winner with Baylor winning the national championship in men's college basketball, right? And we've been very successful. I think I've hit actually, in all honesty, and I'm always honest, but uh, I think it's like four out of the last five or four out of the last six Triple Crown races doing our trend plays. Um, so we'd usually do a pretty good job of picking winners, and 
I know it's been there, and I've been saving articles, and I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get to it, I'm going to get to it. And then all of a sudden, here we are on a Friday, and, uh, you know, the show's obviously this morning, and it's like, wow, I never did the trend pick for the Kentucky Derby. You know, and then I said, well, I'll just do it on Sunday morning. And then I wrote, oh, no, can't do that. <laughs> you know, the, the race is Saturday morning. So uh, I think we can do pretty well if we have hindsight 2020. But uh, so it's very unfortunate this year with the Derby. It took a backseat to, to everything. Uh, the NFL is just so big. It is just so, so big. It just out to – and then you throw the Aaron Rodgers stuff, and then you throw the Tim Tebow stuff. Um, man, you, you talk about dominating. There was NBA last night, really? There, there, there was, uh, you know, basketball last night. There, there was hockey last night. There were ba- there was baseball, really? Baseball last night? I mean, it just gets absolutely overshadowed. It, it really does. The N- NFL is just a monster, just an absolute monster. I mean, it's the, it's the draft, it's the big thing, and they made this thing out to be like it was a Super Bowl. Wow. I will take a break when we come back, as we always do this time of the morning. Opposite picks coming up, and we'll check out uh, our uh, pyramid of plays and our 16 parlays and then all the trends for later on tonight as well. Opposite picks on a Friday, April 30th, last day of the month. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Music means time to take out your pad and pencils and get set for the fastest and more importantly, most profitable five minutes in radio, opposite picks. What are opposite picks you newbies ask? Well, we give you five, six, sometimes seven games a night, five, six, seven thousand reasons why we like one team, and then we go opposite. Why? Because despite all the stats, trends, hunches, injury reports, weather reports, and everything else, nobody but nobody beats the boys in Vegas, and we continue to prove it every single week. Here we go. We got a six-pack of winners for you again tonight. We'll start in the NBA. Going to go with Atlanta, plus nine at Philadelphia. Hawks, remember, got trashed by the 76ers just two days ago with Philly. No way do they forget about that and not put their best foot forward. They're going to have a much, much better effort tonight if they have any character whatsoever. 44-point blowout losses sadly happen in the NBA. It's what you do the next game that really matters. As Atlanta teams played pretty well since they had their head coach fired. They win this game outright as the 76ers have a major mental letdown. Love Atlanta in this spot. It'll be Philadelphia minus the nine. Pick number two, Washington laying seven at Cleveland. Man, you'd have to be crazy not to play the Cleveland or the uh, Washington Wizards here. Uh, Wiz are red hot. You know, they play their best ball of the season. They're 9-1 their last 10 games, 11-2 their last 13. Russell Westbrook is a triple-double machine. His play is carrying this club. Cavs, meanwhile, are shot. They lost to Orlando. Orlando the other night at home, no less. Now they play one of the hottest, if not the hottest team in the NBA. No way do they hang with Washington. I love the Wiz tonight. Give me Cleveland plus the seven. Pick number three, Memphis laying nine versus Orlando. Speaking of the Magic, yes, they did beat Cleveland Wednesday night. 
Uh, the chances, though, of this pathetic team winning two games in a row is next to nil. Grizzlies, meanwhile, they're fighting for a playoff spot in the West. They simply cannot take this game lightly. With only 10 games left, they absolutely have to win, and they absolutely will crush Orlando tonight. And give me Orlando plus the nine. Pick number four. Phoenix lane five versus Utah. Battle of first place in the Western Conference. Utah has last uh, lost two of three, but they are coming off a monster uh, nearly 50-point win at Sacramento. Different class of opponent, though, here tonight as the teams with the two best records in the West meet up in Phoenix. That's the key. Teams also have the two best against the spread records in the NBA, so no edge there. Jazz, though, have basically been a 500 team since that phenomenal start. Only 7-6 and six their last 13 games. Suns, on the other hand, 15-4 and four their last 19 games. I'm going to go with the Red Hot Suns at home, laying only 5. Love the Phoenix Suns tonight. Give me Utah plus the 5. Pick number 5. NHL, Vegas laying a buck 90 at Arizona. Greatest sports axiom of all times in play here tonight. Winners bet with streaks, losers bet against streaks. It's as simple as that. Vegas has won 10 straight. I really doubt Arizona's going to stop that streak. Coyotes, 2-9 their last 11. They are falling fast in the chase for the last playoff spot behind St. Louis in the West. It's a big game for them, I get that, but need doesn't outdo talent. Talent is all on Vegas' side. Golden Knights, oh, by the way, 5-1 versus Arizona, outscoring them 18-8 to in those games. They are crushing the Yotes. They're going to crush them again tonight. Love Vegas laying a buck 90. Give me Arizona plus the 170. Pick number six, NHL. Colorado laying a goal and a half versus San Jose. Avalanche have the third best home record in the league at 18-6. and six. They have lost three in a row. They've been hit with the COVID and some injury situations, but I'm hoping to get a couple of those guys back, and it almost doesn't matter. Uh, they're going to bounce back. They have to. They're at home. San Jose, they are coming off two straight wins, but against Arizona, and that was after eight straight losses. They've fallen out of playoff contention. There's done. There's just no reason to think that they're going to be competitive in this game. They're only 1-3 versus Colorado this year, losing each of those three games. Those losses by three goals or more. Avalanche need to win to try and catch Vegas for the top spot in the West. They've won 12 of their last 18 games at home. They're beat up a bit, yes, but they're got to get healthy against this god-awful San Jose team. Love the Avalanche tonight. Lay the goal and a half. It'll be San Jose plus one and a half. Opposite picks for this uh, Friday, April 30th. NHL, San Jose plus a goal and a half. Arizona plus 170 against Vegas. NBA, Utah plus five at Phoenix. Orlando plus nine at Memphis. Washington plus seven at home against Washington. Uh, or Cleveland, rather, plus seven at home against Washington. And then Philadelphia at home, minus nine against Atlanta. Opposite picks on this, again, Friday, April 30th. All right. Uh, well, again, we'll post those on the website. Let's check out how we did uh, last night, shall we? Rockets plus 13. And that line I saw going up as high as 13 and a half, maybe even 14. Win outright against the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, if the Bucks don't get the number one or two seed, 
by one game. Man, this will be it. You cannot lose outright to Houston. Oh, even on the road. That is just brutal. Uh, So we won with the Rockets getting 13. Lost with Golden State, which lost outright to Minnesota. Put a fork in the Warriors. They're done. And they get called out by their head coach after losing that ugly game. And as I told you yesterday with opposite picks, you know, nine times out of ten, I'll take the team that lost by 30 to bounce back the next time. But they're, they're, they're that's not good. Um, you know, they're a mediocre team. And Minnesota, I feel bad for you guys. Uh, you're blowing the top pick in the, in the NBA draft. You know, a season long of misery. And all of a sudden now you've won six of your last eight. You're no longer in the bottom three, which is the key. You got 10 games left. You've been playing over 500 basketball this month. You're accomplishing nothing. Nothing except getting a worse draft choice. They went outright, but beside the point. Uh, OKC plus the nine. That was a loser with the opposite pick. Toronto plus the four against Denver. That was a loser. Uh, Baltimore plus 150 against the Stankies. That was a winner. St. Louis, the Blues. Uh, plus 120 against Minnesota, that was a winner. So we went 3-3 three and three with a couple of those wins being plus 150 and uh, plus 120. But that stuff will just let it even itself out in the end. So we'll put down 3-3. Three and three. So we're now 215 up and uh, 200 exactly down with a couple of pushes. So uh, not too bad. All right, our pyramid of plays. Let's uh, run through this. Yesterday, Denver winner. Well, again, I don't know why the Nuggets are only four-point home favorites over some of these mediocre teams. Wow. Uh, Over 23.5 Karis Levert points for Indiana. He had 36 against his former Nets team. Easy winner. Stankies killed us. And a dopey Stanks. Put the Wetzel Black Cloud on them. Uh, They lost as minus 170 favorites. Hockey, our pyramid winner over uh, New Jersey and Philadelphia. Easy winner. Uh, Prop NHL, over two and a half shots on goal. Taylor Hall, I don't know what he ended up with, but I know he had four in the second period. Easy winner. So we went four and two with our plays, and then we were only going to play one. It would have been the Stankies for minus 170. So that kind of sucks. Tonight, here's where we're going to go. Not in love with some of these. But not an, I'm not a big fan of the NBA card. Going to go with Phoenix, though, laying the five at home against Utah. Should be a great game, but I think the Suns are playing a little bit better basketball, as you heard. Prop Russell Westbrook triple-double. He's been a triple-double machine. 12 of his last 14 games have been triple-doubles. FanDuel uh, you know, has it basically at minus 120, minus 130. There's no reason to think he's not going to get a triple-double tonight against Utah. That should be a high-scoring game. Or, uh, should be uh, a, a triple-double tonight um, against uh, who they playing. Uh, some stiff team there. Uh, Cleveland. Um, no reason to think that he's not going to get a triple-double. So give me a triple-double Russell Westbrook. Baseball, I'm going to hop back on the Stankies because this Tigers team blows. They got swept in a doubleheader yesterday against Chicago. They're playing today against the Stanks. Uh, I'm not going to lay, you know, three to one, but give me the Yankees minus a, a run and a half against Detroit. NHL, got to go hop on Vegas, minus 190. Uh, they're playing great 10 straight wins, have to. Uh, prop, we're going to go over uh, three and a half shots on goal. Max Pacioretty um, uh, for Vegas. And then uh, if you're only, 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 only going to play one, uh, I'm going to go with the, uh, the Russell Westbrook triple-double. Um, like I said, he's been a triple-double machine 12 of his last 14 games. Now, he did not have a triple-double. I will tell you, when they played Cleveland a few nights ago, but that's okay. That only gives me more, you know, he could have, he only had five rebounds, and it was a blowout win. Oh, actually, no, it was was a close game, to tell you the truth, but that's okay. Uh, The 
thinking of Washington and more importantly, Westbrook, um, not getting a triple double two games in a row against the Cleveland Cadavers. I, I, I got to see that to believe it. I, I just think that he's going to get it. And uh, FanDuel has it at, uh, it's, it's a little higher, minus 175. Isn't that interesting? A few nights ago when they did play, remember we talked about Westbrook was minus 140. It's almost like they were suckering you in. And lo and behold, he didn't get it. Now he's minus 175. You think it would be just as low since he didn't get a triple double last time. Now it's 175. You watch him get a triple double tonight. Absolutely. All right, our six team parlay. We had two starting last night after winning on Wednesday. We had one with the Yanks, loser. Uh, we put two plays in on parlay number 15 over Karis Levert, winner, over Taylor Hall, two and a half shots on goal, winner. So we're 2-0. and oh, We're alive on that one. We'll eliminate the stanky one. So we're on parlay number 15. We're 2-12 and 12 with our parlays for a plus 3,296 bucks. We're going to throw Las Vegas on there. Um, could go with Westbrook. You know what? Eh, let's get a little greedy. Let's throw Las Vegas and let's throw Russell Westbrook on there as well. Triple-double. We're going to put two on there. Hit with two last night. Maybe that's a good luck charm for us. So Las Vegas minus the 190 and Westbrook uh, minus the triple-double. Or, uh, you know, the triple-double minus 175. Now, if your site uh, doesn't take uh, the 16 parlays or they don't take the uh, props in the parlays, uh, I get it. But, you know, that's why we generally have two of these going at the same time. But I'm, just, I'm not really in love uh, with the entire card. So, uh, you know, if not, bear with us, and we'll start a new one on Sunday with the uh, one that has just the uh, the games and not the props. But uh, we're going to go that for now. We'll put the two in. Uh, Las Vegas and then uh, Russell Westbrook triple-double. Uh, NBA trends from yesterday, two and one. One with Brooklyn over, um, one with uh, New Orleans versus OKC. Lost with Milwaukee, 7-7-1 on the year, uh, on the week, rather. Uh, tonight, Philadelphia, Washington. Memphis and Phoenix, all solid trend plays. And then uh, NHL, we uh, have uh, two plays. Colorado minus the 260 versus San Jose. And then Vegas uh, going for its 11th straight win, minus 190 against Arizona. Uh, those are the ones. And then yesterday, it was one, one and one, two and one, two and two yesterday with the trend plays. So we're not too, too bad. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up shop. We'll check out the uh, NFL draft props one more time. One more chance to pat ourselves on the back. Cha-ching, cha-ching, as we dominated uh, our props. All that's Opposite Picks, Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, it's been a good day so far uh, with the NFL draft being yesterday. Uh, nothing but winners yesterday. It's a beautiful thing. Hit Devontae Smith under when he's going to get drafted 11 and a half as a plus 124 winner. Hit uh, Najee Harris under 24 and a half. Hit the uh, running backs over a half 
easy lock winner. Uh, hit wide receivers over four and a half. Hit under linemen taken under six and a half. Uh, hit a five and a half or a five to one winner on Denver taking its first uh, player a corner as they did and hit a ten to one winner with Dallas uh, taking its first player being a linebacker as they did. So we won on all that stuff. The only thing we lost on was Green Bay. We had a little hunch play, just a little goofy play. Them taking a wide receiver. But then over 18 and a half offensive players, uh, only uh, 18 uh, were actually taken. So we missed that one by a half. We got one pick still alive, uh, Ian Book under 207 and a half, Notre Dame quarterback. And that would be early sixth round. So uh, we got a ways to go uh, for that one. Made a point of saying that Trey Lance was minus 144 versus Justin Fields as a first uh, quarterback. Uh, well, head to head, the first quarterback taken. And uh, lo and behold, Trey Lance is number three. How did they know? How did they know? Not even Mr. Vegas uh, knew that one. We kind of figured it when we saw the odds, but still. Um, what else do we have? Oh, the update of the pool question or poll question. And that is what do you think is going to happen first? Aaron Rodgers play again for Green Bay. Jimmy G play again for Sam Fran. Andy Dalton start for Chicago. Cam Newton starting for the Patriots, uh, getting nearly 34% of the vote. He is leading the way with Rodgers and Dalton next in line. Then Jimmy G playing for San Fran. I think Jimmy G has played his last game. I don't know about Rodgers. I, I don't know what teams. There, there seem too many that need a quarterback at this point, but um, those are some ugly situations, and I do feel bad for Jimmy G. Uh, he takes the team to the Super Bowl. Two years later, he's being kicked out the door. I don't know what it is. There's got to be some. Maybe they're just so unhappy about it. He can't stay healthy, but, boy, that's a weird situation, right? Uh, he plays well for them, and now they're ready to kick him out the door after going to a Super Bowl. Crazy. Enjoy your Friday, people. We'll be back Sunday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern time, right here at Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.